If I had a dollar for every excuse I made, I probably could live next door to Warren Buffett. It's easy to make excuses, isn't it? I think all of us fall subject to that. And sometimes it's in situations that may not really amount to much, but there are times in our lives where we make excuses either to do things or not do things in important areas. Of course, we're not the only ones who make excuses. It's not a thing that is uh, just evident today, but it goes back to the beginning of time, probably. We know that excuses oftentimes are just given for times that we don't, don't want to do something or don't want to be involved, but uh, sometimes we may think they're legitimate But there is a difference between an excuse and a reason. But oftentimes we want to count our excuses as reasons, and actually they should be excuses. Tonight we're going to be taking our lesson from the third chapter, beginning with the third chapter of Exodus. Looking at the life of Moses, we're going to look at some of the excuses that he gave for not wanting to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. Now, I don't know about you, but... I don't know if I would have wanted to take that responsibility myself. It has been estimated at that time there were probably over a million uh, Hebrews at that time. And to lead just a small group is a tremendous responsibility. But could you imagine being called on to lead a people that large and to travel with them and do all that was involved in bringing them out of Egypt? It would be a tremendous task. I probably would have been right along with Moses looking for some excuses not to fill that responsibility. But we know that Moses had a humble beginning. Then he was raised in the house of Pharaoh as Pharaoh's grandson. And then a tragic event in his life caused him to go to the area of Midian and to become a shepherd in Midian, and that's when God called him to lead the children of Israel. To begin reading in chapter 3, verse 1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Now, I would have probably wondered the same thing. Now, we have today something similar to that. It's called those fake fire logs, you know. (laughs) You know, those fake fire logs, they burn all the time, but they don't burn up. It would have been something very strange to see, because it is not natural. And Moses wanted to see this. But in verse 4 he says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw nigh unto hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. As I was reading and studying this, as I've done several times, it struck me that when I read that verse there, how many people today 
could care less about God. Here is a man who had tremendous respect for God. He knew who God was. The one and true God. And therefore he hid his face because he didn't want to look upon God. Unfortunately, that's not the case today. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, a large and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? I think that's a fair question. I think most of us would have wanted to know, why have you picked me, God? Why do you choose me? Out of all the people that you could choose, why have you chosen me? Now, Moses is still perplexed in the sense, and he begins to make excuses. And he said, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee, When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Now, God continued on. At this point, he didn't stop and answer Moses. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Legitimate question. Okay, God, if I'm going to go before these people, you know, what do I say? How do I approach them? We would all ask the same questions. How do I approach these people? Even if I'm volunteering, even if I'm ready to go, I think these questions would come up. So there was fear that Moses would be rejected, as we'll see later on. Uh, He has some concerns about his presentation to the people. But at this point, he is just basically asking some uh, very fair questions. But yet, God has answers for him. That's the thing. God has the answers. It doesn't matter the questions that we ask. God has answers. Oftentimes, we don't know what God has said already in His Word. People want to know, well, what about this part of my life? Or how do I handle this situation? Well, you know, if we know God's Word, we know that God has already answered that. Now, he may not answer a specific question or deal with a specific issue, but in the Word of God, it's addressed in one way or another. Our problem is is we don't know the Word of God as we should. Verse 14 is a very important verse. After Moses says, What is his name and what shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Now, I am shows the eternity of God. Never having a beginning, never having an end. I am. He exists. 
And if you'll recall, in John 8, 24, where Jesus says, except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. And if you look at that verse, the translators added, where Jesus says, except you believe that I am, they added He. If you, in King James, that word will be in, in italics. That means they added that. So Jesus said, except you believe that I am. That shows His... Deity, it shows His membership in the Godhead. But God says to Moses, saying unto them, Thy I am. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So God is answering Moses. Now, I don't know if those were exactly the answers that Moses wanted, but those are the ones that he got. Verse 16, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. So Moses is to go and call the elders of the people and to relay the message that God has given him. It's not a problem so far. Not really. Verse 17, And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, the Hebrews had a terrible time under the taskmasters of Egypt to the point that they literally worked them to death. Why? Because it was driven by fear of fear that Pharaoh had. But they were treated horribly. Verse 18, And they shall hearken to the voice, and thou shalt come, and thou shalt, uh, thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and ye shall say unto them, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met uh, with us, and now let us go, we beseech thee, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now, that wasn't too much of a problem for Pharaoh at that particular time. Uh, not that it was anything that he wanted to hear, but we see that they're asking to be able to go and worship God. So we have Moses in a situation where God is calling him, and he makes excuses. Well, who am I? Well, we can look at the fact that oftentimes our humility may lead us to think, well, who am I? You know, I'm not really that good of a person, in fact, of qualifications. Surely there's somebody else that's more qualified than I am. There's n- nothing necessarily wrong with that, being humble and being honest, thinking that somebody else may do a better job. But it really doesn't help us, especially in the work of the Lord. As we look at the work of the Lord... Oftentimes, people do, members of the Lord's body do not get involved in things because they say, well, there's somebody else more qualified. Well, I, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a Bible class teacher. I'm not this or I'm not that. Sometimes that's not necessarily humility. <laughs> that can be a matter of trying to get out of not having to do anything. Now, I think with Moses' situation, it was more of, a situation of humility and the fact that here I am called to do a tremendous task for God 
And surely there's somebody else more qualified than that. What makes me qualified for this? You know, we don't read of Moses being any great leader before this time. But yet God calls Moses, calls him for this gigantic task of bringing all those people out of Egypt. And as we read on, we read about the, the history of the uh, Hebrews coming out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea and so on and so forth, a tremendous task. I personally would not have wanted that myself. But yet God called the right man. We know that because God doesn't make mistakes. So we see Moses more or less putting up an argument of why he should not lead the children of Israel. Because he does not feel that he is qualified to do so. There are a lot of people in life, and you may be one, that even though you may not feel qualified, you may be willing to take on a responsibility. Because, after all, that's how we learn sometimes. Going into those unchartered territories to see what we can do. But as we continue on with Moses, and as God continues on with Moses, we see the fact that Moses is going to offer up a couple more excuses why he should not be doing what he's doing. And I think a lot of what Moses was doing was legitimate. But yet, also, I think he was acting out of fear. Look at chapter 4 and verse 10. He says, Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither herefore, Heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken of thy servant, but I am, of, I am of slow speech and of a slow tongue. Now, we don't necessarily know what Moses had in mind there. A lot of people have had their opinions about what he's saying. But one thing he is saying is, well, look, look, Lord, I, I'm not the guy. I'm not a great speaker. You know, I'm not a silver-tongued devil, as some people refer to slick talkers. He is saying, I can't speak well. So therefore, you don't need me, God. You don't want me because I am not a good speaker. Well, I can tell you today, if that was really a qualification for a preacher, I probably wouldn't be standing before you today. Because there are those who are excellent public speakers. But God didn't call us to have excellent oratory skills in delivering the gospel. But here Moses is saying that he is not qualified because he doesn't speak well. But here's God's answer. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? You know, Moses is forgetting something here. He's forgetting that God is telling him to do this. He is forgetting God's ability. He is forgetting God's power. And the things that God, the things that God is able to do. Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now upon those words, a person would, knowing God, would say, Hey, I don't have a problem now. God's going to be with me. 
Oftentimes we fail to take the gospel to people because we don't feel that we can explain it well enough. Or that we can say the words that we really need to say in order to convert that person. Well, we forget one thing is God has told us to go and to teach and to preach and help others to know the truth. That's our responsibility. Whether a person responds to that is up to them. Our responsibility is to go and to present the Word. And that's what God is telling Moses here. He says, you go, but I'll be with you. And when God tells us to go, God is with us. What was it that Jesus told the disciples? And I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Well, that wasn't just for those 12 men. It was for everybody. Because God is going to be with us when we take His Word to the world. We don't have to have excellency of speech. Even Paul said that he didn't. You know, I'm sure that Paul spoke well. He was a Pharisee. He had knowledge. He was very bright. But Paul did not look upon himself as a great public speaker. And I'm thankful that we don't have to be a great public speaker in order to, to talk to someone about the gospel. Just be yourself. But God tells Moses that he's going to be with him. And look at verse 13, and he says, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Now, we've got a problem here at this point, because Moses has caused God to be angry. Because he keeps trying to get out of what he has been called for at that time. But yet God has provided a way for him. He didn't send him out there by himself. First of all, he told him that he would be with him. Second of all, he's going to send his own brother with him. Moses and Aaron being brothers. God says that Aaron can speak. So therefore, he took care of that situation. So Moses has someone to speak rather than himself. Of course, they both will end up speaking to, Mo, uh, to Pharaoh. But here, God really shuts the door on the excuses. Do we really have any excuse not to take the gospel to people? We know that there's a time and a place for everything. You may not always get to speak to someone at a particular time. But that doesn't prevent us from talking to people. There's no way we're going to be able to talk to everyone we come in contact with anyway. But wherever we have the opportunity, we need to take advantage of it. And remember that we're not by ourselves. God is with us when we are delivering His Word. So that fear really has no place in the Christian's life. We don't have trouble talking about sports, about politics, about a number of things. But when it comes to religion, we have problems speaking to others about religious matters. And I know that there are some unpleasant situations that can be very difficult when you're speaking to people dealing with religion, but we should nevertheless continue to speak. God does not want us to make excuses to get out of serving Him. Serving God is, is very important because that's the only way we can get to heaven. But what about excuses that people make 
in coming to God to start with. I'm sure you've heard many. And maybe before you came to God, you had some of those excuses very handily prepared in case someone spoke to you about it. Oftentimes, many people will say, well, I need to get some things right in my life before I come to God. You know, if we could do that, we wouldn't need God. If I could get everything right, I wouldn't need God. We can't do it. But that's an excuse. Well, I don't want to go to church. Always a bunch of hypocrites in church. Well, I don't doubt that's a true statement in some areas. But it's not that the majority of the people are hypocrites. But it's an excuse because how many hypocrites would that person encounter on a daily basis in their own lives? A lot more than they would inside the church. Well, people are always arguing about religion. I don't like to argue. So I just soon not deal with it. Well, that's an excuse not to have to deal with it. But they forget about God. It's, it's all humanity problems a lot of times with them, and they forget about God. But then there are times they include God in those excuses. Well, I had a situation, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and God didn't answer my prayer, so why should I serve Him? Unfortunately, God's Word has the answers to those objections or those excuses. Moses turned out to be one of the greatest leaders and one of the greatest men that served God. But yet in the beginning, he made excuses. I'm sure that that's been the way in the church also. Maybe some of the very well-known and best teachers in the Lord's church, preachers and maybe made excuses in the beginning for why they weren't serving God. But we know excuses will not get us to heaven. Excuses only make God mad, as we see here in in Moses' response. God was not pleased with all of these different uh, excuses that Moses came up with. And when we come up with excuses, we're not pleasing to God. God wants us to believe in Him. He wants us to have the faith and the trust in Him that no matter what happens in life, that we're going to be okay. When it comes to teaching people about God's Word, in a lot of cases it's difficult in the beginning, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. If you would have known me back in my younger days, you would have known I would not have been a person to stand before others and speak. I was so shy that I would never have done that. As a matter of fact, when I was growing up, I could tell you what kind of shoes people had on, but I couldn't tell you the color of their eyes. That's how shy I was. But some things came into my mind about serving God and realizing the only way to serve God is to continue to serve God. Not back away from it, but take it by the horns. Moses did not want to take this task by the horns, and rightly so. He knew what was going on with the Hebrew people. As a matter of fact, the reason he ended up in the wilderness was that he saw the mistreatment of one of the Hebrews, 
And he killed the Egyptian that was mistreating this Hebrew. And therefore, he has to leave. He feared for his life. So he knew the situation that the uh, Hebrews were going through at that time. He probably had a good idea how many there were. Because when he came up in the house of Pharaoh, I'm sure that he was uh, very knowledgeable of a lot of the workings. I guess in a sense it would be like being the child of the president. And coming up in that household, you would hear a lot of things dealing with the people about politics and so on and so forth. So I'm sure he had a good knowledge of what was going on. But yet, when put to the test, at first, he rejected. He probably knew that, well, they need to be rescued. And God told him, he says, I've heard their cry. I've heard what's going on, and I know what's going on, and I want to deliver my people. And Moses probably was very understanding of that. But before God approached him to lead the people, he probably thought, I mean, he was just another person. Never imagining being in a position that he would be in charge of that number of people and having such a great task. You know, it was not easy for the children of Israel to be able to pick all up, pick everything up and move. When you look at that number of people, you could take a small group like this and we would have trouble. Say if we all went on a camping trip and we were going to camp in one spot for a couple of days, go to another spot and then another spot, you can imagine how taxing that would be. It wouldn't be the easiest thing. But when you look at the number of people, and Moses was called to lead those people, not only in a physical way, but he was called to be a spiritual leader also. He was the go-between between God and the Hebrews. That within itself would be a tremendous responsibility. And although Moses made excuses in the beginning, God did not let him get away with that. He provided every objection, provided an answer for every objection that Moses had. God will provide the answers for us. All we have to do is look at His Word. But that's where we fall down sometimes, right? We want God to help us in all ways, but sometimes we're reluctant to give it back to God. As Jesus said, take up your cross daily. In other words, our life is to be dedicated to God in all that we do. You shouldn't have to determine, and and most of you don't, I'm not saying that we do in this congregation, but with a lot of people, they make a decision each week whether they're going to be at services or not. That sounds a little bit odd from a Christian, but it happens. When I became a Christian, I didn't have any problem figuring out where I was going to be Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. I knew where I would be. But for some people, they make the decision weekly about whether to serve God. Moses was one of the greatest leaders that we have recorded for us in God's Word. But God is not calling us to lead a nation. God is not leading, uh, asking us to take the same path that Moses took. But He is asking us to follow Him every day. And He lets us know how to do that through His Word. 
Are we going to offer up excuses why we're not going to serve God faithfully? Are we going to offer up excuses why we're not going to get involved in the Lord's work? Or help support those who are involved in the Lord's work? We know that everybody has different abilities and not every situation is the same for every person. But yet, God calls us to be faithful in all things. That means where we can. Now we know that some people are not able to go out and say knock doors. We know that they can't do it because of physical limitations. But we understand that there's somebody else to fill that position. But God is asking us to do what we can where we can. And to never stop doing that. Moses made a couple of mistakes in his life in leading the children of Israel. And because of that disobedience, he was not able to see the children of Israel go into the promised land. He was not able to take them in there himself. It's kind of like what we talked about this morning with Saul having the kingdom taken away from him. Here a position that he had of leading God's people, being a king over God's people. And because of a couple of decisions that he made, it cost him the kingdom. Moses was a faithful servant of God, but he was also human and made some mistakes along the way. I don't know if I would have wanted that task either. But I'm not faced with that. But I am faced with living each day knowing that I have an obligation to God to serve Him. If I want that eternal home in heaven, there's no other way to get it except to serve God correctly. There were times that, you know, I wondered about God and how He saves people. And like everybody else, we all have questions, but... All I have to do is turn to His Word and I find out those things. God expects me to be faithful. He expects me to obey Him. I'm sure you feel the same way. You're here tonight. That's why that you understand that. Because God is not only the Creator of life and all that we have, but He is the giver of eternal life. As a servant of God, it's a privilege to be able to serve God. It's not a a dread. It's not something that a person gets up each day dreading to serve God. It is a privilege. It is a wonderful thing that God has allowed us to do. The question is, how are you serving God tonight? How are you serving God in your life? Are you making excuses for different things that God has asked of us? Are you looking at excuses rather than ways to serve God, to please God? Well, only you can answer that question. God has told us how to become a Christian, how to become a child of His, and yet there are people who not only make excuses for not doing that, oftentimes they change it because they don't like it. But God has told us what we need to do in order to have eternal salvation. When we read in the New Testament those ways, hearing the Word of God, 
means that we begin to look at what God has said. Moses had to hear God. Now Moses didn't have a book in front of him. But he heard God. God spoke to him. He still had to respond. He had the responsibility of responding just as we have the responsibility of responding to the word that we have before us today. Although God does not speak to us audibly, He speaks to us through His Word, and He has told us what we need to do to have eternal life. Hearing the Word of God means understanding it. Believing that the things in it are true and correct, especially about Christ, we need to do that. Believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repenting, changing our lives, living for God, willing to confess Christ publicly, and then be baptized for the mission of our sins. Are we going to make excuses for that if we have not done those things? God doesn't like excuses. If you have not done that, you need to. As a child of God, are we making all kinds of excuses why we're not serving Him properly or anything along those lines that displease God? You know, God gives us the opportunity to make corrections in our lives. As long as we're living and breathing, we have the opportunity to make corrections. What happens is, if we pass from this life without making those corrections, it's over. As a child of God, if you need to make corrections in your life tonight, don't leave this building without doing it. But whatever your need, we pray that you'll come as we stand and sing.